Welcome to the Talk That Talk podcast with your girl Tata Love, JC, and C. Jones. This show is about life, current events, hot topics, love, and everything else in between. We want you to spend time with us, laugh with us, and talk, talk that, that talk with us. us. Subscribe to our channel and follow us at The Real Talk That Talk on all social media platforms. And now we're continuing with part two of episode three. I think one of the other things, too, to be noted with constant screen time or access to a tablet or access to a cell phone for a game is people lose the ability and then don't learn the ability to self-soothe. Right? That's right. So found on that. Yeah. So, you know, self-soothing, like dealing with a difficult situation, I think that people learn how to check out. Yeah. And not they're not learning how to be uncomfortable mm. because they have this, you know, instant, constant gratification of I'm just going to watch this on my phone or I'm just going to n- mindlessly scroll through Instagram reels or TikTok down. or exactly, you know. And Bedtime so <laughs> and, and then you think like oh, that's a huge avoidance. Yeah. Well, in in addition to that is uh, the social aspect. Like you can absolutely forget how to interact with people, and I and I couple that with um, us working remotely now. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose some of those skills. You yeah. know, it used to be. You know, I mean, especially in our households, you know, you get up and you go into somebody's house. What do you have to do? You need Good to morning. greet everybody. everybody. You need to tell everybody hello. Some sort of small talk. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. some of these kids, you know, they go in, they grab their phone, they go into the corner, and that's that's they that's thing. Yeah, yeah, they gone. They I, gone for. Them. I was even thinking. Um, unfortunately, you can do all the parenting in the world. They're still gonna have to interact with their kid with the other kids at school. Yeah, and with the other kids at school being raised by Joe Schmo. You know, they're coming in and what? You don't have the newest iPhone? Yeah. What are you talking about? You don't have the newest Nikes? You don't have this? So it's it's always going to mm-hmm. be real life pressure yep. for kids and adults likewise, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether well, you let social media take control or not, we're absolutely. still going to well, always In, in all pressure. fairness, we, we dealt with yes. that too. Right, you know, that's so, what I mean. There was always, there was the, always, was always the kid that pressure. had the, 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 yeah, the shoes and the, the gear and, you know. So it's just kind of expensive. You know, expon- uh, exponent. Uh, yeah, you just couldn't you know. see it. Um, <laughs> you, it wasn't the instant gratification um, or seeing it right away. Yeah. You know, you saw, but you saw it on Monday yeah, you morning. You had to put your fit on the bed. Yo, <laughs> yeah, lay it off. I but- used to sleep in mine. I slept in my birthday in school. Man, the covers came off like, man. But what did that teach you guys? What, oh, having to wait yeah. for things? Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you learned some character with those down moments like you're saying like yeah yeah there's going to be character i mean me personally i mean i get i got into that the you know a few episodes back when i was talking about oversharing and mm-hmm. and my whole thing was that that's why i stay off of it half the time because i'm like sometimes i go on Insta- instagram and forget why i even went on there like why did i even get on here well so that's I, the whole point i think of instagram is just to it's just to I see understand that, but I'm saying there's no way that could be good for you. So it's like having, you know, time to, you know, not necessarily feel bad, but be in your own thoughts, you know, and be with your own problems and try to 
deal with yourself. A lot of times we um, not necessarily live through others, but it makes us feel good when we see things we want to be or want to, you know, like, oh, that girl fine. You're just looking at fine girls all day. Like, what is this doing for you? Like, you got no girl now, though. <laughs> you done, you done double tapped all kind of pictures and you got nobody. Yeah. So like, but but I but I think if you were. If you didn't want that, that you know, you follow you follow Diddy and you follow Kim Kardashian and you see how they live their lives and you can like kind of dream or live vicariously through them. But if you if you shrunk your circle, these app makers are smarter than you. So I know. And they start throwing they, they, yeah. and they throw Oh, you don't want to see Diddy? Well, but guess what? Here he is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm with you on that. But if you kept your circle small and you had 40 friends, and they were real life friends, people yeah. that you actually know. And then, you know, and the vice versa, you follow and your followers, and you would actually only see the people that, to a certain degree, to a degree, to a degree I, I, you would I see, oh, yeah. oh, I want to see what Crystal has been up to. And I, oh, oh, Crystal went, oh, Jeff went to the all-white party this weekend. Oh, it look, looks like fun. Oh, Tanya hung out with her nephew. You know what I mean? That You know, you can see that, and that's, that's maybe that was what somebody originally intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, well... And then now we, what Evil we have talk. is now mm-hmm. I have, a, 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 you know, 167 million followers or whatever. <laughs> but hold Kim on, Kardashian. though. That goes back to you guys saying that that's oversharing because then you have your 40 friends and now they're going to be on there giving you step by step day of what they're doing daily. And you don't want to see that. That's oversharing. The people that, that, <laughs> that post too much. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you post five times or more a day. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah, okay? It's, it's tough, Cut it though. out. Talk that talk. Talk that it's talk. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes back to what you said, though. Back in the days when we were younger and we had to wait to see mm, that, show your put ass. our new outfit on, show it off. But then we had people who would come in and, for lack of a better word, bully us. Or we had to sure. go back and forth Rain with somebody. Your parade. Yeah. <laughs> and so what makes it different then... To now, because we had to confront, you know, you know, I feel like when we were younger, it was known that people would crack jokes on us and, you know, say mm-hmm. stuff and we can yeah. laugh it off and go back at them. Mm-hmm. These kids and not to talk about them. No. Yeah. But they're cut from a different Soft. cloth. Yeah. <laughs> With the capital T. T. <laughs> let, let me speak T. on that real quick. Go for it. Um, Internet gangsters. We got a lot of people that will say stuff on social media mm-hmm. or on the internet and then you jump in their face and they're they not going to talk that so Mm-mm. back before we had this platform of social media and you had a bully at school they would actually have to get in your face mm-hmm. and say it and risk the fight mm-hmm. risk a suspension or mm-hmm. expulsion mm-hmm. or whatnot now these guys they'll say anything to anybody and it you could can be go, anonymous almost it, basically they could never track you down you right. know what i mean yeah exactly i mean you have teenagers and young kids creating fake accounts yeah. to bully other kids and get other kids in trouble and as a child you do not understand the ramifications of what you are doing to your peer right. nor do you understand the potential ramifications that that may have for you. For you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because your your brain is just not developed enough to understand that. If you or someone you know needs help, the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 
and we went through it. But it's like since they're doing it, I, it's moving so fast that a lot of times they don't even understand how bad it is. Like right. you're saying, like, mm. you know, like you're like, I want to be, you know, I want all the guys to like me. Well, here's a picture of me full frontal. And then you're like, it's not that bad. Everyone, you know, and then they they move past it, like not to name TV shows, but they have TV shows that kind of try to speak on it. But it's, you know, they move past it so fast to where mm-hmm. a lot of tragic things become norms. It's not like they're actually like learning to, to deal with it or anything. They're just becoming norms. Like, mm-hmm. oh, everyone does this. So that makes it good. No, it's still bad though, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't think we're, uh, like you said, uh, comparting, com- compartmentalized. compartmentalized. Yeah, compartmentalized. Yeah. I can't get my words together. <laughs> Conspiracy. C O N. Conspiracy. Yeah, they're not compartmentalizing a lot of the things that they do do, and like she said, um, with social media, it's moving so fast they don't have time to process a lot of it. So. You go from, you know, that's how, like, I felt with our last president. It's like, oh, you thought what I said yesterday was crazy? Wait till I say something today. Like, every day it's just going to be something crazier to where you're not going to be able to get over yesterday. It's just Mm going to always keep flying. And we're just going to be in a whole new week before you know it. You're not going to be able to catch up with, you know, trying to figure out what I'm doing. Like, it's just going to keep happening. (sighs) I still think, though that there is a difference and I'm not sure where that shift happened. Um, I don't know that we can contribute a hundred percent to things like social media or the internet. Um, there's always been individuals who experienced bullying, who there always been people who were the mean kids. Um, and I don't know if there was just more, children who learned how to cope with difficult things or if there was just a different level of resiliency in children or like when we were kids, you know, where we just, maybe we didn't exactly know how to cope with it, but we got through it somehow, some way, shape or form. Maybe it wasn't the best way to get through it. And we learned that later in life, but we learned how to get through it. I think we interacted more with each other too. Yeah. Like, you could be in a room with a whole bunch of teenagers and they say nothing to each other. They're sitting there playing a game mm-hmm. or talking to each other through text yeah. as opposed to verbally speaking. Yeah. yeah. It's the weirdest thing. They're I, weird. I remember I could <laughs> not kids. wait sometimes to get home to get on the telephone. Exactly. Right? But I couldn't be on the telephone after dinner. So once dinner time hit, it was like, you're done. Oh, you know what I mean? Man. So, yeah. But Ma, you called my house and said, my, my dad gave me the business. <laughs> I was dad. so confused. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my dad. What's up, dad? He's yeah. like, what? It's 10 o'clock. I'm like, what? <laughs> we used to have to sneak, on. We had to sneak the phone off the hook. You know, mm-hmm. call popcorn. Yeah, yeah call popcorn. And call, call, and call me hey, so I can click we, over. We didn't get called. We didn't get called wait until I was like a sophomore in high school. Wow. But, but, I'm serious. But even my dad those, was like, my dad was like, who? <laughs> he was like, I'm not. What on do we the need call waiting for? Right? <laughs> I'm not on the phone. <laughs> oh, dad, we need call waiting. Oh Get man, a busy signal. Oh know? man, two high school kids, me and my brother, in the house at the same time. But but tragic. look at even with that, I mean, I feel like 
society, you know, will it'll numb you to the point where even if you're doing your best to parent, after a while you're gonna have to give somewhat. You know, you're not gonna make your child wear yeah um look like an Amish kid on the way to school. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're gonna be like, man, all right, here's some cool clothes or some sort of you know fit something to fit in. You right. know, like so that they're not targeted or bullied. Yeah, because it's gonna get worse. I mean, there's no way you can hide from the world period this world is changing and it's forever changing and you either get with it somehow some way or it's gonna roll you over every every generation is gonna be new you know we can't stay stuck good or bad in last year's generation Mm -hmm. yeah so and you know we have also seen uh, i would say an uptick in um i don't even know how to classify this but but kids that want to change their their appearance or their look, you know, you have a girl that would want it. Well, what do we call it? Are you yeah, talking like about trans? Tra- yeah. yeah, like oh, trans. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the um, new one. And, and I don't know if that's something that's nature Internal, or nurture. Right. Yeah. Did, is, did, did someone push them? the fact that them? TV yeah. is, is moving that way as well, you right, know? Right, so, right. I mean, you, you look, there's like less than 1% of the people are transgender, but, yeah. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be almost... Everywhere on TV. It so, is oh yeah, so basically there. every yeah. show. I mean, but, yeah. but to but but to when where I was going with it and to I think make matters more complicated from a therapy situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a lot of parents that are not ready for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they you know, I'm not sure, are you seeing anything like that in in Yeah, I mean we see I mean where I work we see quite a few transgender youth who are wanting or are I think that I think that at the age that we see them they're typically going through this questioning phase am I some of them want to be um referred to as a different name some of them want to use like you know for example a female who you know I ident- feels like they identify as as a male wants to use he them pronouns Damn, yeah. or they pronouns um, wants to go by a more masculine name. Um, and I think that there is some validity to young people having those experiences and really, truly, Owning them. genuinely, authentically being transgender and will move into that as an adult and, you know, hopefully will successfully live as a happy transgender individual. And I think that there are other youth who are exposed to it, see it, question and aren't sure and so they're kind of trying it out almost Mm -hmm. to see and like it's a music genre well yeah and i think it's so hard because kids are so confused about who they are in the first place um most more often than not i'm a skater now you know yeah Yeah. i think i think it's perfectly acceptable for kids to go through these different phases where i was going with it earlier was the parents we haven't, you know. Yeah, there's no yeah. manual for that. No. There's no manual. It's like literally, <laughs> and you know, if you don't seek a therapist and you're dealing with it at home, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, especially, you know, I'd say uh, maybe more so in the black community and and black dads are, oh, right. you I, know, and their sons, you know, every, you know, every every man, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, wants you know wants a son to carry on the family name and and then. The son wants to go through a transition, and the dad can't handle it. 
And so, yeah, there's there's absolutely no manual for that. To, to me, it's kind of a hard issue regardless because I feel like, you know, you're the guardian. If the child would like to be something different, maybe they should have to wait till they're in charge. But that being said, I understand why some parents are allowing their kids to make these decisions and they're transitioning at the age of eight, nine. Like these kids are going through it early. And I agree with you to a point. I don't think that the parents should allow the kids to trans well, to do a saying. transgender that young. No, I agree right. with you. That's oh, what I said. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. Um, I don't think they should allow it until at least. I'm not going to tell you who we're you talking are, about. But surgery. Yeah. Surgery. surgery. Yeah, yeah. Like a complete. And pills. I don't have a problem. Yeah. And I, I understand why they're doing it because literally. Once you start becoming a teenager, your body is going to start Change. making cho- choices for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so you're growing breasts. It's just happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're on your period. Yeah. <laughs> like, what can we do about and, this? And that's now? a huge dilemma yeah. for. So I understand why they're trying to get ahead of the curve who, sometimes. Who yeah. really does feel um, and who really you know, has gender dysmorphia, which is what it's called, where what they identify with on the inside of who they are organically does not match the sex parts that they have. Right. Um, And so that's a huge dilemma for them because, yeah, do I want to allow my body to go through this if I want my body to be a certain way? Do I wait until I'm 18 years old? Do I not wait? Do I try and do this now? Am I going to regret doing this down the road? And I think that those are all things that a good therapist working with a youth or an adult experiencing this, because adults experience it too, right. where they finally come to terms with with this in their own life and are ready to you know, kind of be more present and aware and deal with it. Um those are the things that a therapist would help you move through and, you know, helping a father or a mother deal with the challenges that might come with having a child who identifies as transgender or having a child who identifies as gay or lesbian. You know, a therapist is there to support and educate the family, guide them through, te- you know, not teach, but really like help a parent like learn how to be supportive Mm -hmm. but also recognize kind of the unique difficulties that parents face sometimes when um their hopes and dreams for their child don't come to fruition most change even if the the person has they do the operation and they change do they still go to um, a therapist? Because I think they need it more now. They should. I think they should. should. I think yeah. they should have to go to a therapist before they even take that step. Yeah. They do, probably. Most people do. But they, even they, after. Do they choice. have to, though? Um, That's what I was asking. So I couldn't tell wondering. you because there's the difference between like medical and psychological, right? Right. But I don't think, from my understanding, and they again, don't have to. I, I don't think any doctor would do us that that kind of surgery without without knowing that the person has done the work in therapy Mm. first. Yeah. And I believe that because this might be a little TMI, but I I wanted to, I don't know if I even want to say (laughs) I'm, I wanted to have a, um, I didn't want, I never wanted kids. So I always was trying to get my tubes tied Mm -hmm. and Mm. they told me at 18, they said, wait till you're 21. Mm-hmm. 
I waited till I was 21 and I went back. <laughs> What's up? Wait till you're 25. <laughs> wait till you're 25. They asked me if I had any kids. Nope. Wait till you're 25. I went back at 25 and they said, you know what? You have to go see a therapist before we will even do yeah. it. So I went through that whole point just to get back and they say, you know what? We're not going to do it. Yeah. Wow. wow. You, you could have told me sounds that. Sounds like you got a lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> you could have told me that a long wow. time ago. That's you what know? I that's what I hear. And and that I is hear a lawsuit. some of those gender differences that you see between like a woman's right to make decisions about her own body and potentially right. a man's right to make decisions about her own body. I don't know statistically, you know, how many men go in that don't have children that say, I want a vasectomy. Right. But I've never heard of one say I was denied the right to have one. Yeah. Right. And all these men telling you what to do with your body. Exactly. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Bro versus Wade. Don't get me started. Yeah, I'm going to sit even, back. I'm telling you, there's a lot of topics, man. <laughs> I'm going to sit back now. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share my TMI because, you know, it's not my business. But anyway, I'm not naming names. But, I, you know, I'm born in a Christian household. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. is my Lord and Savior. So I look at things from that tent. Yeah, that perspective at all mm-hmm. times. No matter how much care I take into seeing the world you know, from wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. But my mom told me a story a couple years ago. It was a boy I grew up with. He was extremely feminine. So it was just like, I mean, everybody like, ah, oh, you know, calling him names like this dude. Everybody you can tell like this. I mean, he's a boy. And you can tell this ain't no manly boy. You know, right. this is... So long story short, he grows up 18 or whatever. He's a girl now. You know, no, you know, he's out there, boom, he ain't playing. He, you know, he Cut already it knew it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be gay or whatever, a homosexual or whatever you want to say. He's transgender. He already knew what he wanted to do. I mean, bow. So I'm speaking to my mom. Apparently, he was hermaphrodite when he was a baby, and his mother made the choice to make him a boy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there you go. I mean, yeah. he. You, she could have made him a girl, and then he would have felt fine in his own skin from the beginning. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, those different scenarios, if we would, you know, speak more about how people are, you know, that Their is... personality. Yeah, like, literally, we say, oh, you know, you're not born that way, this and that. Man, clearly, you know, yeah. we don't know everything. Right. <laughs> like, right. I was like... Wow. And that changed my whole perspective, you know, on how I know that growing up. I don't know if he actually knew all of this. I can't speak to that. All right. I can't speak to that. And thankfully, nowadays, you know, with the research and the understanding that has come forward, more often than not, they will not do a change surgery until they have a good understanding of what the more like psychological gender, the gender identity is of that child, of the individual, which right. is good because mm-hmm. you have no idea. You have no idea when you're deciding, you know, oh, I'm just going to make you a girl, right? Or I'm going to make you a boy. Like it doesn't work that way at all. Wait, so I asked about if they get uh, therapy after the fact mm-hmm. is because I work. I have a second job and I work with. I had to work with this person. And um, I'm not gonna say what my second job is because just, sure. mm-hmm. in, but I'll tell you off once we get off air. But anyways, and this person looked like a the appearance was a boy, but I knew it was a female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, in just conversation, was talking to somebody, and I was like, "Oh, she some some something." 
And then he heard me and he comes to me and he was like, I had the sex change. You need to um, call me by he, da, 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 you know, like totally goes off on me. Mm. And I'm like, first of all, right. If you want somebody to accept you, you need to learn how to approach a person who had no idea that you went through all of that. Yeah. Like I, you know, cut off. I tried to cut off my breast. You guys need to, you know, give me my pronouns. I'm from the old school. Just, I don't speak in pronouns. You are a he or you are a she. But, but if you want to be noticed as a he, just tell me that. Yeah, that's yeah. all. And I'm still going to call you, you can't he. Can't get offended until, yeah, not, until you come at me. Exactly. First of all. Let me know that's what you wanted. And mm-hmm. I'm like. And he's going off about, like, you know, I'm going through all of this. And then, and I was like, it sounds like you are still struggling with you doing all of this. You may need to seek therapy because how did they do this for you? And you're still mm-hmm. in a bad place. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's more discussion nowadays around permissibility to ask somebody like what are your gender pronouns Mm. um i mean but how do we know that we are ingrained to think he and she and Mm -hmm. we are ingrained to think of what a she is and what a he is Mm -hmm. and if we think that that's what we're visibly seeing that's what we're going to say absolutely so i mean we're all learning a new way of doing things nowadays and there has to be some permission given. And I'm sure if that person had pulled you aside and said, you know, I actually prefer he pronouns and, you know, not to put out all my business, but I did do the surgery mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm sure you would have said, oh, OK, definitely. Yeah. From now on, that. I got you. I hear what you're saying. Right. And but I also think that because people who have gone through this for you know, years and years and years and experience discrimination and experience difficulties, there's a sense of not wanting to maybe even be so open about it initially. But the reality is, is, you know, you're making this change and other people are willing to accept that more often than not, mm-hmm. as long as you're open about it and authentic about it. And, you know, I think more often than not, people want to be respectful to other people. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, think pe- I think they need more therapy even after the fact. I think everybody needs therapy regularly, <laughs> in my opinion. Look, talk that little talk. Biased. Look, talk I'm that talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I, I agree. I agree. I think there are a lot of um, a lot of reasons why a person should seek therapy or families or I mean, it's not just the 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 normal things that we heard growing up, you know, with the divorce rates, you know, right. you guys should go see, you know, a counselor or a therapist. Um, but there are many, many reasons why you can do it. And uh, mm-hmm. like I read off the statistics, and I'll revisit them. You know, it was you know ninety percent of people that that went and 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 had therapy actually felt better. Is it therapy? So if you go and speak to a pastor, is that considered therapy? Mm, that or- might be counseling. I think absolutely it can be. What is the difference between counseling and and therapy? That was one of my thoughts. And psych. I was going to ask that too. Because there's a difference. (laughs) Because I don't want to give you my answer. It's not going to come from anywhere. There's a fine line. I mean, there's a lot of gray area. There are no really finite lines when you're looking at 
counseling versus therapy versus, well, unless you're doing like psychiatry, right? Like, so psychiatry is a doctor. They prescribe medicine. They're probably not going to talk with you about things. It's going to be very short. Um, They're not going to, you know, kind of delve into things like a therapist will or a counselor will. Um, Oh, so it's a psychiatrist, counselor, and therapist. So it's three. So who has the couch? Well, (laughs) so counselor and therapist are used very interchangeably. Okay. Um, But when you're talking about a therapist, you're more often than not referencing like a psychotherapist. So somebody who practices psychotherapy a marriage and family therapist, a social worker who emphasizes their practice in doing therapy versus um, community advocating and social work or medical social work and those kinds of things. A psychiatrist, like I said, is a doctor who prescribes medication. Mm. Now, that, that sounds scary. When, <laughs> when you talk about like, can my pastor, you know, provide counsel to me? Absolutely. I mean, think about how connected you are to your religion, your spirituality. And how much weight what your pastor has to say um, in guiding you through something. Well, I mean, that's kind of what a therapist does as well. I mean, we come from an educated background of learning about relationships and dynamics, um, life events and how problems and challenges and relationships affect people, you know, how emotions affect people, how grief and trauma affect people. And we learn ways to work with people around those things to make their life better. But a pastor also does that. A pastor works with their community and their church Mm -hmm. to make their lives better. So, I mean, could you go get the same type of therapy, like if you're dealing with grief, with a therapist as a pastor? It's probably going to be pretty similar. Could you probably get similar techniques if you were to go to marriage counseling as a therapist and a pastor, yeah, there's probably going to be some crossover. But a marriage therapist is is trained and their education and their practice is really honed in for marriage therapy. But, you know, sometimes pastors are too. Yeah, they have theological. I mean, look at Pastor Cal on Married at First Sight. I love that show. You watch that show? Uh, I watch that. That is my show. Know what you're talking about? <laughs> I love that never show. Heard he, of it. he is a pastor, he's a and pastor he also and has a, yeah, like also a, a uh, yeah. He's also licensed. And that's what the, that's what they do in the show. Yes, counselors. There's different. Well, that's therapists. not what they do. Yeah, they match people based on <laughs> a multitude of well, questions. Married personality. And then, yeah, they're supposed to get married right away. As soon as they right. see each other, they mm-hmm. see they meet at the altar. Yes. <sighs> It's a weird show. Is it on Netflix? I love it. It is not a weird show. There is some on Netflix, but I watch it on the okay. Well, I want to okay. know what the divorce rate is. I'm sorry to say It's pretty high. Yeah. But. Divorce rate's already say, high, so. I would say like two out of five. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's Two like, out of five make it. Well, well, she two said out two out of five. Two out of five make it. Well, so in, in, to take the statistics further on divorce, like there's, that's that 40 to 44 uh, percent. That's it, first marriage. But Ooh. the third marriage is like a seventy-five percent. Wow! Whoa. For a third yeah. marriage? Whoa. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're in your third marriage, three and four are saying that. We I'm not out. gonna bring the Bible in yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think I want to say the second marriage was like Ooh. fifty to fifty-five percent or something. Wow. wow. But yeah, it gets it gets progressively worse Ooh. as you remarry, and and you wow. know, and I'm not trying to you know. 
talk bad about anybody that's been married once or more times. No, or no, no. Just... Some people do what they have to do. Um, but, you know, to go to come full circle, I mean, you should absolutely seek help, whether it be for yeah. marriage or grief or yeah. uh, anxiety. You mm-hmm. should seek help. And, and I would just say, and I know we talked about this, touched on this a little bit earlier, but just tell us again, like how, if you're out there and you're going through something, how, how do you, what should you help. do? Who should you reach out to? Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, well, again, this is where the internet is super powerful because if you're not sure where to go, you can literally Google, how do I get mental health help in Sacramento? And many different things will come up. And hopefully one of those individuals will take an interest in learning about what your situation is and what resources you have and can direct you on how to, so, you know, get So are a lot of the, is this private practice? Is this, uh, like, you work for a hospital, right, you said? Yeah, I work for a hospital. So is there a lot of private practice? Is there a lot of, um, you know, how? Yeah, is, so here in Sacramento. My insurance going to take care of it? Yeah, so here in Sacramento, we have a ton of services, county-based, um, free. Those are the questions I was asking. Yeah, yeah. so... <clears throat> Let me start off with those that have insurance. Again, if you have insurance, you should always reach out to your insurance provider. They will either give you names and phone numbers. And I will tell you right now that people are coming across. I left messages with 10 people. Right. I can't get a call back. I don't know what to do. Um, in those situations, if you have an immediate need here in Sacramento, we have a mental health urgent care clinic. It's free. People can check in and they can get help. Um if you are a county or if you are a Sacramento County Medi-Cal member, we have an access team that you can call. Um, all you have to do is Google Sacramento County Access Mental Health, and that phone number will pop up, and they will direct you on how to get services. And if you're in a crisis, um, you can call 911. You can call 911 if you're in a crisis, but there's all kinds of helplines, and I'm Drawing a blank on the National we'll Suicide that. Hotline. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Logic, but, Logic made a song out of it. Yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of, you know, ways to to reach out. Insert his song. Like, yeah. Or that number. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That number. yeah definitely. <laughs> but I thought that they always say, like, if you are uh, you're having a, an emergency, you should call 911. That's always. Yeah. But, you know. We don't want to inundate um, 911, but, I mean, it's better than doing anything tragic. To yourself. Absolutely. In the event that the only resource that you can think of because things are so dire, call 911 and they will provide you assistance. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it kind of turns people off when they try to get a therapist and they're calling all these people and they can't get to nobody. Yeah. I think that's where the turn off will. Because to me, it will turn me off and be like, you know what? Forget it. Yeah. It would turn me off. Yeah. Because you used to you used to social media. Everything's so immediate now. Well, no. Maybe someone is on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, no. But I'm saying, even if you're used to, you're calling a professional for help. You are trained to think think that they should always be there to help. Whether you're calling 911, if you call 911, somebody's supposed to pick up the phone yeah, and say, what is what your saying. emergency? They will. Mm-hmm. Call, if you have dental emergencies, it's not as easy, is it? 
Well, I'm not talking dental. I'm, I'm talking. Just, I'm just trying to let you know. It, you know dental is different. You know, so this you come, thing, out, come out here on Monday. It, you know, you have a little plumbing issue. It's not going to be as quick to get that person out there. So I hear you. PG and E is not going to move as fast. So. No, but mental is something totally different because those people aren't. You're you're trained to think in your mind. They're waiting for me to come in. Okay. No one's waiting on you. Uh, that's apparent. <laughs> let's, let's go there. Everyone, we, we need, we need reality something. in life. Exactly. But that's what the turnoff is. And that's where you become, there's more problems. Well, yeah. damn it, go on Twitter then. Yeah. And let's hope that as we continue to have these discussions, that the access to services continues to increase and get right. better. Right. Well, we need to set the right expectations. And hopefully the that's hospitals are going out to these colleges and grabbing these people to bring them in if they're graduating with these degrees. And, and hopefully they are, like Clint said, um, you know, recruiting people who may not know what they want to do and they're saying, hey, come make 80000 but, you know, we'll pay for stuff. And But you have You're to work here five uh, five years or so. That That's what's happening with the, um, with the I don't want to say, mentally challenged, uh, special needs oh. people. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're low on teachers all across mm-hmm. the nation, you know. Oh, okay. they're, I mean, teachers are a shortage anyway. So mm-hmm. special needs teachers are low. So there are a lot of schools that are saying hey you know you need your degree come work for us if you're trying to do special needs we'll make sure you get what you need but you have to work for us for a few years it makes sense though for them to go into the colleges where the people are going for education Mm -hmm. and try to hey do a job market yeah it takes a it takes a special individual to to go into work with special needs um, people. Yes, it I mean, does. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to have an enormous amount of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you gotta you gotta recruit the right. Yes. The right individual. Those Absolutely. people are going in there with yeah. shortages, and I understand. Yeah. You can't. We can't just say, all right, <laughs> hey, yeah. come on down, sign Anyone, up. You yeah. make eighty thousand because right. people will just say, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And yeah, these I'll parents are getting mad, but literally, it's like it's gotta be a passion. Going in there, there's, yeah. there's a sub in there. We oh, we don't have a teacher for your student. Yeah. That's, that's but I mean, yeah, but you know, there's, we all have to, you know, be patient and it's, uh, I know it's a hard thing to say, but all, all of the, all across the board, we have to be patient with each other. Cause mm-hmm. we're, like she said, we're all dealing with something, you know, coming out of this pandemic, mm-hmm. coming out of the fear, coming out of the anxiety of it all. And it's still there, mm-hmm. you know, we're still all going through it, you know, mm-hmm. and no matter how normal of life you're getting back into, you know, we're still having to deal with um, where we were to get to where we're going. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Step one is recognize that you you may need help. Absolutely. And step two is um, use the, the resources that are available to you and, and seek help. Yeah, absolutely. Thank well, you thank for coming, you, Crystal. Crystal. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that having awesome. me. This was a good conversation. Very informative. Very, very informative. Um, hopefully our, our listeners... Uh, we'll, we'll gather something from this. I hope so. This has been another episode of Talk That Talk podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and share with your friends.